Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. We're recording this one up in Chile, Saskatchewan. We've got Aaron Blasey and Kevin Burmeister with me here today. We came up here and hunted the Northwestern Whitetail as part of the North American uh, deer slam and we were waiting it out here because kevin wanted to grind this hunt out <laughs> to the very very end i was i was actually lucky and shot on day two but kevin likes to grind it out to the the very end so we were waiting to do this this podcast until we were both successful which now i can say that we are congratulations on a heck of a deer kevin hey uh thank you i no. didn't know you were gonna put us in uh the worst spot well i don't know about that <laughs> i don't know about that he's grinding it out he was though yeah so, you really you know really took the you got your money's worth. Let's just put it that way. Well, Kevin, when, you know what? I'm going to grind out 60 hours in the blind. And frostbite. And frostbite. And I, I said it was chilly, so when the guys went out this morning, it was minus 10 Fahrenheit. <laughs> so I'm going to say that one more time. Yeah. Minus 10 Fahrenheit this morning. And Aaron, what does minus 10 feel like? Oh, my gosh. It feels measurable. I don't know what else to – when, when you walk outside of your our little hut here – when your nose hairs completely freeze right away and you could just chip them off, that's when you know it's really cold. That is true. That is very true. But it was so cold. Kevin, what was your thoughts on it? You were like, oh, I'm in heaven. And I'm like, dude, I'm freezing my tail off. It was cold. <laughs> it was so cold. So a preface for everybody. This is Kevin's first podcast. So he's he's warming up here. Um, we do have a bush latte in front of him. He's going to get that going here in a little bit, and he'll he'll loosen up and start talking a little bit more mm-hmm. as as we get this going. We'll let yeah. Aaron kind of kind of lead this lead this trip through and talk about the Northwestern whitetail. This is also Aaron's first trip to Saskatchewan. Yep. So interested to hear your thoughts. You've you've whitetail hunted all over the place. This obviously for me, um, the week before I was down in Veracruz, Mexico, hunting the Mexican Gulf Coast whitetail. So. Let's see. Well, it was a 100-degree temperature change from this morning yeah. to when I was hunting down there. Yep. It was yeah, so 92 to minus 10. That's that's a heck of a swing. And I'm going to I'm gonna move this out, so I'm going to call out Justin. 
So Ooh. the Ber- the Bergman rule. Oh, yeah, okay, yep. We talked about the Bergman rule on the Texas White Tail podcast. So anybody that was listening earlier, we talked about the Bergman rule, and it was in full effect between Veracruz and here, talking about body size um, and deer density between north and south. Now, on the Veracruz, it was a little bit different on the deer density part, but on the the deer size, it was noticeable because every time I come up here to Saskatchewan, the first thing I see is, is... when you're successful and you shoot a deer, you walk up to it, and you're at least for me, I always go, "Holy smokes! Look at the body! So big, so big! Mm-hmm. Like just like when when the deer came in, Aaron, when we were hunting there, and and the deer came in, I thought it was a I thought it was a horse to start with, yeah. and I realized it was actually a, it was actually our target buck. Well, there was the time I think the first day we were here, a doe and a fawn came out, <laughs> and they're sitting there on the bait. And uh, I was I was indulging in movies because they're long ten hour days, and um, I I kind of looked down or whatever, and I looked back up, and one of the deer have, have left, and I said, I said, when did uh, or what did I say, when the adult or the adult doe leave? Is that when, what I said? You know, you said where did the fawn go? Where'd the fawn go? Yeah. And Mark was like, that is the fawn. Yeah, that is this, the fawn. And I'm telling you, these fawns are huge. I mean, I'm talking, what are they? Hundred pounds. Right and now, they, they may be more. Yeah, in, they, in yeah. November, yeah. like we're talking modestly, hundred pounds. They yeah. are a heavy hundred pounds. Yep. Yeah, and they look like little fluff balls too. But I'm telling you, these body when you walk up to them, you're just like, "Geez, oh, Pete's yeah, so big." So the northwestern whitetail. Now, this is like Mark said, the first time I've ever been up here to experience this. This is something I've wanted to experience my whole life, and I'm glad I got to. But it's it's. I was just telling Kevin before Mark walked in here off record. I said. Honestly, I thought this was going to be more of kind of like a slam dunk, one fifty, take it home. Uh-huh. You know, you're. It's not like no. they're here. There's giant deer mm-hmm. here, but like it is. You know, people. It probably gets a bad name for sitting over an alfalfa pile, but I'll tell you what, it is not as easy as it looks. You no. know, it's it's tough grinding it out. Well, a lot of those deer, you see a lot of big deer come out of Saskatchewan, and. The real story is how many hours they put in the blind to get that big deer. Like that's that's the real story up here. Is and and truthfully, the difference is two years you're hunting old deer. Yes. Old, like when Ashton Ashton, one of the guides up here at Safari River, the the deer that I was on, he had at seven and a half or eight and a half years old because he's mm-hmm. had trail cam pictures of it since eighteen, two thousand eighteen, and, and he thought he was four then. He thought he was four then, so that would be he's eight and a half. I said seven and a half to be safe, but he's had trail cam pics of this deer for four years now. Mm-hmm. The same spot, generally the same same patterns. He's hunted them before, wasn't successful on them, but now he's literally a seven and a half or eight and a half year old deer. Where yep. where in the U.S. can you say that I'm going to go somewhere and hunt? deer that are consistently over five and a half years old man not many places you know maybe maybe like in iowa where there's not a lot of lot of hunters you know what i mean maybe um but other than that man i can't think of one like that's the the beauty of of how lance and truthfully how everybody does it in saskatchewan is how they manage their deer it's not by size it's by age. Yep. So it's okay. This deer's three and a half. We're gonna give him at least two more years before we send a hunter on him. Now, don't get me wrong. Somebody will shoot a three and a half year old baby giant deer up here. Um, we've seen it. Yeah, we saw it. We've, <laughs> we've seen, seen it. it. We saw it in camp here. Um, but like consistently, the target deer they go after, it isn't. I'm I'm putting you on a 150 inch three year old. 
I'm putting you on a deer that I know is five and a half or older. Yep. And that's why that's why we're hunting. It's age class. We're going we're going the oldest deer that we that we can get you on, basically. And that's yeah. how they, they do their management. And like if you if you peel the onion back, okay, why why are you doing it that way versus how it's managed? In Iowa, you're not managing by age. You may get an older deer, but you're managing by the biggest deer that I can go after. Right. Right? Yep. Well, that's not necessarily how they do it here. Mm-hmm. Like if if those guys went, okay, we're going to go after the biggest deer every single day that we can. Well, now all of a sudden you're you're digging into some three and a half or four and a half year old hundred and sixty five inch deer. Which think about that. Give that deer two more years. That's why you see the two hundred inch dark chocolate heavy horn yep. deer coming out of Saskatchewan yep. or one hundred and seventy inch. I mean the giant because you gave it the you gave it the age and they didn't hunt it. When it was 145 or 150 inch deer. Right. Because it wasn't old enough. Hey, everybody. 2022 was an awesome tag application year. We had a bunch of clients draw some amazing tags and just starting to see the trophy picks in the field. Wow. But you know what? It's time to start planning ahead. 2023 is right around the corner. The state of Alaska, all species deadline is December 15th. That's right. It's already time to start planning ahead for 2023. State of Alaska deadline is December 15th. Make sure to give the guys in the office a call or check out our website, worldwidetrophyadventures.com for more information. The the tough part is, is closer to your mouth there. Anywhere, anywhere you go, um, people seem to judge it's all on inches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, oh, wow, that deer was six and a half, seven and a half years old. It was, oh, my God, it was a 170-inch deer. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody cares that it's, uh, you know, mid-140s, seven and a half year old. Right. You know, they want to shoot the 180 or whatever it is. Well, that's the sexy thing, right? You know, they yeah. immediately see the pictures that it's like, holy crap, that's a giant deer. Uh, one thing I will say up here. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reference it to like a, a Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where you might get like the older age class, but the deer might not be as inches wise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Kevin's deer, for instance. I think Kevin's deer that he shot today was probably a five and a half year old deer. I'm gonna That's guess. That's what I think too. Yep. And we we scored him at 121. Mm-hmm. Great deer. Mm-hmm. You know, just a heavy. His bases were just over five. You know, he went five four four, three, or something like that, mass measurements. Ridiculous mass, chocolate rack, but he just, he's just, a great deer. There's nothing right. Just exactly. an old warrior. And a lot of yep. the deer that were shot this week in camp were kind of in that realm, like that nine point. Mm-hmm. That, that Like he was another, what was he, probably one. He's probably knocking on 140. Yeah. yeah, as a nine, just a big, heavy nine. but Just like, an old nine point. Mm-hmm. Just an old deer managed on, made, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we see a lot of the pictures and, and articles of Saskatchewan and the in the Canadian deer of like, man, there's these big, massive mm-hmm. 150s. Well, they are not around every corner. Yep. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, you know, Kevin was super stoked with his deer, and I, w- I would have shot him. I told you I would have shot the hell out of that deer. It's a mature deer. You know, we thought he was closer to 130, but, I mean, you can't pass that deer up. No. Well, I think the import, you know, the, what makes it so rewarding is, Literally, we have, you know, 50, 55 hours in stand. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you finally got a good deer, an old deer in front of you, and you could harvest it, like, that's what the rewarding part is. Like, yeah. you, your patience finally paid off, really. Right. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get you to shoot a smaller deer, but. 
you know. Honestly, negative 10, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold, and it got progressively cold. I mean, when we started the week with Mark, you know, Sunday, it was cold. Don't get me wrong. We didn't really have a heater much that day because our heater was malfunctioning. Yeah. But, you know, and then going into the second day, you shot your deer that night. It was getting colder. And then every day, this morning, it was just a different cold. Different. I mean, when I was walking from our cabin to eat breakfast this to go morning, get your coffee to, and yeah, just, to, yeah before you guys went out i was like man it's cold out today yeah and then i after i finished breakfast and i walked back to the cabin i said man it's so cold i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to sleep for an hour yeah well, you took two naps today yeah, while you, you guys went back out i was like man i'm gonna i'm gonna take another nap that would have been guarantee nice guarantee yeah. you but lance's truck said minus 16 when we were driving out yeah, yeah. So give or take a couple yeah. degrees. It was cold, put it that way. Yep. Honestly, that, riding in the back of the buggy the four was even colder. Huh, I could see that. In the trailer. Well, I could see yeah. that. So cold. And I think, so I, like that brings it up from a hunter perspective of like all the different areas that you hunt deer. And it's it's different here because one, this is the first week in November. And I was just, I was messaging my dad today and in Michigan, it's where we live. It's 68 where you, you said you live 76, 76 degrees. Yeah. First week in November, um, literally a 70 degree difference day by the time it hit the high today from what the high was in, in Michigan, 70 degrees basically. Yep. Um, and how you hunt deer up here is, is the traditional way is you sit all day. So you go out right before legal shooting light and you sit till right after legal shooting light and it's basically it is what a 10 hour day right now yep. is what it is the, i think i think yeah, it's more hour. than that it's a little over 10 so it'd right? be what was sh- uh, what? shooting light this morning seven seven fifty four or something like that and, yeah and legal was 552 maybe. yeah yeah so you're yeah it's it's 10 hours legal yeah. but by the time you're dropped off and picked up it's about 11 basically you're 11 yeah. hours in stand yep but it's not eleven hours in a in an enclosed shack with a heater. It's it's an open open pop up blind because when you're hunting provincial land, um, you can't put a permanent structure. So it's cold. I mean, it's cold. Mm-hmm. But that's also so that's that's from a hunter perspective of what you have to what you have to hunt here this time of year. Now let's look at it from a deer perspective though. Like that deer, it's the first week in November and they've had about twelve inches of snow. Now we're the ground's completely froze right now. Like we watched the water as we came in on um, the weekend. There was still the channel was open. Yep. Now it's completely froze. Yep. Like every, yep. Everything's froze. So they'll hold snow here in the, let's see, well, May. April, yeah, in the May is yep. when they were doing bear baits this last year and there was snow. Mm-hmm. So not only that, you're dealing with extreme cold, but you're also getting heavy snowpack too. So why is the reason that there isn't a, a extremely high deer density? One, there's not enough food to sustain that. To their wolves here, um, but the main one is is when they get a harsh winter, it just kills so much of the deer herd. Yep. Um, like here in Lance and and Ashton talk. So last year would have been the the winter of twenty one. Like everybody was extremely worried what it was going to be this year, and it and it wasn't as bad as what everybody thought it was going to be. But what the the underlying message kind of is not just here, but like all over Saskatchewan and what you're hearing is the older bucks are still here, but a lot of the breeding bucks that would have been last year that are obviously cruising the most amount of miles, doing the most amount of work during the rut. A lot of those age classes, they're not completely gone, but a lot of the deer that had been on camera for a couple of years didn't show back up. Yep. 
And what that basically means is that during the rut, just like any whitetail, they got they got after it, that age class of two and a half to basically four and a half is like the prime. They're all over the place, don't know what's going on, just chasing and, and doing their thing. They wore themselves down on the on their fat and the body, and then when it came to the rut's over and I'm going to go eat, well, there's four feet of snow on the ground and it's minus 15. Right. Yeah. And it never warmed up to thaw that, that snow to give them anything that they could eat. So a lot of them didn't make it through the winter. And that's that's the difference of how I look at it, of hunting northern Saskatchewan, northern Alberta, compared to anywhere in the the lower 48. Yep. Like lower 48, yeah, we're going to have a bad winter, but how many times in Michigan do we have a bad winter? But then in January, it'll hit 40 and sunny on a day, and it'll melt the fields, and all of a sudden the deer got something, exactly. something to eat again. Yep. Well, up here, there's one in eight, one in ten winters that it's a harsh winter, and it'll it'll hurt the deer herd. Mm-hmm. Like you hear everybody talk here of uh, 2012 and 2013, they had two back-to-back winters. The first year they lost 60% of deer herd, and the second year they lost 60% of the remaining deer herd. So you're talking about wiping out complete deer classes. So that's any, anybody that follows Saskatchewan whitetail hunting. So 13, 14, 15, and 16 were really tough years because now all of a sudden you don't have a high deer density at all, but you're wiped out on your older deer classes. Older so you, classes. Have to, you have to let them build back up. So like in 18, when I came up here and it was a great, now all the time you got your, you've got your full age classes again, you're back at it. Um, and that, like, that's how it, those are the best years. So you'll ride a few of those out and it's just a continuous cycle. Then a bad winter will come through and it'll wipe out part of the deer herd and then you build it back up. Now, Kevin actually hunted here last year and there were a lot of factors that went into to hunting here in 2021. Obviously, there hadn't been a, a bad winter since 2013. So you're eight winners in now. So if yep. you think you've got every age class built built back up, but you also had that little bonus of, well, there was a year to where you didn't have any hunters because of COVID. So now you're X amount of deer hunters that didn't go hit the woods and I think you saw that last year when you were here, the amount of bucks, not just what you saw, but what the other guys in camp were, were doing. That was just one of those special years. Right. And, I mean, everybody, um, you know, in camp last year when I was here again, and that was the first week of uh, December, I mean, everybody was shooting deer in, you know, the 50s. Yeah. But everybody was also seeing multiple bucks, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the deer herd was good. Because you didn't, you didn't. So you even think about this. So like, the guys here, they'll they'll run in. In so when I say this, you have to keep keep into consideration the deer zone that Safari River has is just shy of five hundred thousand acres. So I'm gonna say that again. The deer zone that Safari River has that that's their deer area is just shy of 500,000 acres. Mm-hmm. And between the Safari Riverside and the Lakeside Lodge, two lodges, they'll run, uh, it's about 82 hunters a year. 82 hunters in 500,000 acres. Now put that in perspective if you're hunting Michigan. How many hunters would you have in 500,000 acres? In oh, Michigan? man. I mean, I think Michigan's 12 to 15 hunters per square mile. Yeah. So you like, know, so think about how many thousands of hunters would be in that five hundred. So yeah, I mean, in that five hundred thousand acres, just jammed tons. in there. So there's there's not a lot of pressure. So what what the thing is that allows the guys here to manage their deer herd really good. Mm-hmm. So when they have eighty two hunters, they'll have. I mean, I think Lance was talking four per hunter. So they'll have four hundred target deer 
throughout the year that they're moving. So, and Aaron, you've hunted all over. Often you have a target deer, and all of a sudden something happens with that target deer. He vanishes for twelve days every year, and then and then <laughs> and then he's back, and he's, every year, and then he's back, and he's there for three days in yeah. a row, and then he's and then he's gone again. Yep. that's just what big deer do. They disappear, yep. and you always ask your question, where'd that deer go? Exactly, because they have cameras at other baits that are miles away that that deer hasn't hit, or sometimes he does. Sometimes, like you hear Ashton talk about a deer that's cruised and he's gone six miles and hit four baits along the way. And you're like, okay, well, that deer makes sense because I can tell where he's going. But then, like, your target deer on this trip. Yeah, split brown dime buck. He was he was daylight day, Saturday. Day, the day daylight before we Saturday. got here, yep. we traveled in. Yeah, yep. we got here, or we started hunting Sunday. We had one nighttime picture of him, which was... Two days, two nights ago. Yeah, so yeah. Tuesday. Yep. And then he, he's been gone. So, he, so the thing is, like, he's there, but he's just... He's just not. He's just not on camera. Mm-hmm. And and literally, Lance is like when after I shot on the second day, like we were sitting there BSing, and he goes, "We thought you were going to have to grind this one out all week because your deer was <laughs> your deer was he would show up once every five to six days, and right. he hadn't been there in a couple of days. So we put you in there knowing that you were going to grind it out five days. And he should show himself once while you're here. Right. Now your deer." They said was literally in your area for an hour and a half the day before and had been there just about every day in daylight. Right. And then you show up and you just jinx it and he's gone. And he then, smells. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. The good thing is somebody will kill that deer and I'll get to look at him on their webpage. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. I want to go back real quick to the rut when Mark was talking about the rut. You know, the bucks every year go into the rut no matter where they're at in the best shape of their their that year okay then they do the rut for a month month and a half and then they come out in the worst shape okay Mm -hmm. so like think i want everybody to listen to this to think about that up here with the harsh winter i mean we're november right now we're already in negative temps and it's rutting right now so they're gonna rut for the next month month and a half and they're gonna lose weight Mm -hmm. they're gonna come out banged up bruised hurt and you know how much that's gonna take for them to revive themselves with no food so they got to rely. I mean, up here is, they have to rely on food. Yeah, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, even even a fraction of of a harsh winter, I feel like up here might take more deer than we think. Those upper age class deer. I do because I mean, just think about it. So even right now, they're they started in the best, and they're ending the worst. But during that six week period to where it goes from best to worst, think about how much quicker they fade mm-hmm. in a minus ten day, right, or a day like. Sunday when it was 30 mile an hour winds right around zero and it was snowing 10 inches. Like just think about what that deer is going through each of right. those days and now just add it to where it's Saskatchewan. It's not going to get warm again. It's going to stay cold all the way through. They're going to get another six feet of snow in the next five weeks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, it shows how tough deer are though. Yeah. To go through that. Like just so tough. Yeah, and another thing I was talking about too, like you know, the first, uh, the first two days I was with Mark, you know, we didn't see any deer really rutting. We mm-hmm. didn't see any bucks like nudging, nope. no little bucks like you know does on the pile, like no nudge or nothing. They'd come up and eat like it was in October. So my whole thing was, I asked Lance, I was like, you know, we're in November fourth, fifth, sixth here. Shouldn't they, you know, aren't they rutting? And his whole thing, and he made perfect sense was. You know, you got to think about like the rut here is a little later just because, you know, like Mark said, they have 
you know, snow into May. Mm -hmm. So their fawn drop, they have a short window for those does to have a fawn drop so the fawns can live before it gets harsh again. Yep. You know what I mean? So they got to get nutrients and everything. So, But they can't drop too early. Exactly. Because there's still snow and stuff on the ground. Exactly. Yep. So to, uh, the last two days, Kevin and I have actually seen some some rut activity, but we saw a good buck fight, like legit buck fight, um, and and bucks actually dog and does. Well, even um, the deer that we ended up, you know, <laughs> shooting tonight – I mean, he started where, I mean, he was 100% all over that doe. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he started, you know, he was stinking a little bit. and Hawks um, are a little black. Yep. yep. So, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's the tough part is, is like Lance said, with him, like the one of our target deer, he literally was at four different bait sites, mm-hmm. right? Because them deer are starting where they're like, okay. We need to travel, they're traveling to, you know, find that first hot doe, you know, and that makes this time, it's tough to hunt up here. Mm-hmm. Well, and think about the buck you did shoot tonight. Ashton was like, I don't know who this deer is. Like, we got to find Just this deer. Like, up. where do you, yeah. and he actually found a velvet picture. Yeah, he pulled a velvet. Of that deer on this bait site, but he's like, we've got more baits that he should be hitting with cameras. They don't know where, he's, where he went. Yep, he just disappears for, you know. Yeah, his exact words, he's like. I have no idea what deer this is. And and anybody that knows Ashton that's hunted up here before, Ashton knows just about every deer in 500,000 <laughs> 500, acres. Yeah, yes. Do I think Ashton can name every deer? I do. And he yeah. and not only that, he's known that deer of where it's lived and where it's gone for the last four years. Mm-hmm. Just just remarkable. But, yeah, dude, is a, him and Tyler over at the other camp, just, oh. I mean, just great guys. Deer whispers. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then Henry. Henry knows this. Henry's yep. a good. Henry, Henry was Henry was a guide up here. He was out at Outpost Camp this week and took a couple of great bucks there. Just in like the cool part is Kevin. You you find this is your second year here now. But when you're in camp, how many guys are repeat? So they know exactly what the what the game plan is here. So we've had everybody in our in our camp is repeat except one, who's the son coming back of somebody that came before right so and that helps lance and the guys know of hey each year is a little bit different but you understand our management goals is we're going for the older deer like there may be a bait like everybody says baby giants um which they've showed us i mean double drops look at that double drop they figure that thing's a two and a half year old yeah there's a double drop tying deer here well actually there's two of them there's the one with the double drops at the end and then there's the the one with double drops off the right that thing will get shot and he'll be in the 70s just in a couple years two or three year old yeah Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be but like a deer like that the guys are like no this is a no-go deer because he's young let's give him two more years and i can tell you what that deer in two years is gonna be knocking on 200 oh god Every part of 200, but that's how I'm trying to think. What Lance says is, is they took over and started running this in 20, 2018. So it's been four years minus a year with COVID. That wasn't a 17. I think it was, it was 17. 17. It was 17. 17. Yeah, 17. 17. So it's been um, five years minus a year with COVID. That so they've had four years that they've run and they've shot five deer over 200 inches, and a couple in the 190s, a couple in the 180s, and a couple in the 170s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was literally, again, I know it's coming off of COVID, but last year when I was here, they shot, I believe, two deer in the 80s, and then one was high 70s. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was when we were here. 
Yeah. You know, and that was late December or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, are you into keeping your whitetail herd healthy and strong? Go check out Buck Bourbon and their full line of mineral and attractants. Personally, my favorite is 110 proof because I've had some great memories and great deer taken over top of it in the state of Kentucky. Born from bourbon, field tested, wildlife approved. Check them out at buckbourbon.com. Hey everybody, I've been partnered and working with Bass Pro and Cabela's now for a long time. They're your one-stop shop for anything outdoors. Personally, I use them for all my camping and backpack needs for all my backcountry trips. Make sure to check them out at basspro.com or cabelas.com. Leopold offers the best optics in the game, bar none. I personally have their Santium binos and never go to the field without their Pro Guide spotting scope. I've got a Mark V on all my rifles, and also don't forget they've got some awesome eyewear as well. For more information, visit leopold.com. So let's get a little bit into this story here. So the Northwestern Whitetail for March mm-hmm. Deer Slam, this was going to be the Northwestern. This is number six notch on the belt, I think. Yep. I think this would be number six for the Deer Slam. They've killed so far. Um, you know, I guess let's 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 get into my first question for you is like, what what is the draw for you for these Saskatchewan whitetails, like these big northern whitetails? Like, what what do you like about them so much? So what I like about them is they're so different than you hunt anywhere else. Where else can you go and hunt to where you'll go and sit all day and you don't hear a single soul? You don't hear a plane, or a car, a car. A plane go overhead. You don't have to worry about another hunter coming in. And you'll catch a, a mature buck acting as a whitetail all the way throughout the, the day. Not just the first 30 minutes of the day. Not just the last 30 minutes of the day. You'll catch them coming in at 930 in the morning. You'll catch them coming in at 215 in the afternoon, at noon. It doesn't matter when they're going to come mm-hmm. in. Now, once you get in the mindset of the majority of the places don't have, like in today's world, I'm just going to say it, everybody's got their phone, so you got something to do for 10 hours. But once you get in that mindset of, I don't have my phone, or I don't have, I can't text and do this stuff, and you just get into nature, like that's for me, because I got so many, like everybody, you got so many texts to answer, you got so many emails to answer all day long, and you just get away from that. Yeah. And you just sit there and you enjoy it, and you... You'll watch a doe for an hour and see how she behaves, or you'll watch a, a buck pushing a doe. Like I, that's that's my biggest draw. I mean, obviously, yes, it's awesome shooting a five and a half to eight and a half year old deer. It is. It's awesome to to be able to experience that because the body size is so much bigger. the The horns get these the the formations, the mass, the character to it when a deer gets that old. Like, yeah, they carry the mass, but that mass gets bladed, and you get these little just character points. I haven't seen a wispy deer yet, honestly. The whole week, the wispy deer don't make it up here. Yeah, they be tougher than the wispy deer. Number of the deer they lose. Yeah, the deer. The wispy one thirty dies. Yeah, it's not big enough. Yeah, yeah. But like, like that's in dark chocolate. Like you get that, and it's awesome. Um, obviously up here at Safari River, it's, it's amazing with the chef Craig and I've gained 14. Oh my gosh. 14 chef Craig, pounds. let's not even get into that. 14 all right. pounds. Honestly, here. the guy is incredible. So like the whole, like the whole draw for Saskatchewan, like it's just so different than anywhere you can hunt what yeah. he tells anywhere else. I agree with that a hundred percent because the pressure alone, that's what's cool and unplugging. Mm-hmm. It's the cool thing. Yeah. I've watched 27 movies on Netflix <laughs> in the last five days, but anyway, I mean, you can download them to your phone. So I don't have service. You guys have had a little bit of service here and there, but I don't have service. My, my phone's been on airplane mode for the last six days, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's nice to unplug like that. Cause you don't get to do that much. No. Um, but I agree 100% with you. 
sitting in a blind. I mean, Kevin shot today at 2.30 in the afternoon, like midday buck, you know. Um, but I love watching deer just do deer things. Yeah, just be a deer. Exactly. Like, you don't – and there are certain times in Michigan I'll get to see a deer being a deer. I can tell you I can't during rifle season. There's not a there's not a whitetail that I see that's being just a deer chasing a doe or right. cruising that didn't get bumped or that doe doesn't know something's going on. Now yeah. during archery season, can you get to see them? Yes, but how many times do you hunt in Michigan that you can hear cars cruising on every the road, time or an airplane or kids like where I hunt some of the places you hear kids in the in the yard. You like you hear all these kinds of things. And you're like, okay, you're adapting. Yeah, because the world's changing. But up here, you just step back and you're like, I don't hear that. Yeah, it's just it's silence, and you get to hear a, a, or get to hear and see a deer be a deer. Well, yesterday we watched a legit buck fight. I mean, lock in. Yeah. I mean, pushing each other around, not just a little tinkle, tinkle. I mean, legit. Let's get after this, uh-huh. you know. And I've that's the third time I told Kevin. I think it's the third time I've ever seen that in my life. Like knock down. Let's just, get let's, after let's it. Let's see yeah. who wins. And I looked at him. I'm like, holy crap. Like, that's that's cool. Like, yeah. I don't see that everywhere. Yep. You know? So that is it is a really cool draw. But let's talk about a little bit, like, what if people are going to come and do this hunt, what they're going to get into. Like, So let's talk about day one, Sunday, what we saw. You know, let's start in the morning, how, you know, they get us to the stand and all that stuff. Like, what's the process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. No, that's perfect. So let's, we'll just break down everything they do here. Yeah. Um, so like, obviously in, I, every outfitter in Saskatchewan does this thing. You have your, you have your arrival day, um, your arrival day, you fly into Saskatoon or Edmonton, you get to the lodge. Um, once you get to the lodge, you get situated in your room, um, shoot your rifle, just make sure everything's on. Everybody usually does an orientation that night of what to expect. The, um, the meal plans at what time you're leaving, um, the different blinds, and then you kind of break off with your guides. And that night, you go with your guide and be like, okay, you're going to sit on this blind. Here's your target deer. A lot of blinds have multiple target deer. I mean, I just, I just had one. Kevin had multiple, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. We were in the nursery. We, were, we, 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 we had a lot of baby deer, and then we had one giant. But that yeah. giant showed up on Tuesday. Um, I was listen. We seen a lot of baby deer. Yeah. A lot of baby deer, a lot, of, a lot of ones coming. I tried to get Kevin to shoot every one, too. <laughs> yeah, Aaron did not help me out there. He's like, man, we should just end it. Just, just put him down, yeah. and then we'll get back to the lodge. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyway, you get you, you meet with your guide, and you go over what the expectations are. And here at Safari River, a lot of a lot of guys will be hunting a blind that has a, a younger deer on it that would be a shooter in a lot of places and they'll be the no go deer. No go. No go. So then they'll send them to you. So you have them on your phone. A lot of people like to look, I like, I'll look at them in the, in the blind and, and the deer that I shot, like from, and everybody does this different, but everywhere I go, like if anywhere I can get target deer, I try to pick off one feature of that deer that no matter what I can say, okay, that's the deer, like a low light situation. Uh, buck that's moving fast, chasing a doe, something like that. That, that played into and your that played into tonight. this one. Yeah. If you just, I, I picked that up. Like, okay, if the deer would come in front of me in broad daylight for 25 minutes, I'll know it's the deer because yep. I'll pull up the picture, I'll look. But, like, I pick up a distinguishing feature. And so mine, I caught that the G3s were longer than the G2s. But still, I'm like, man, if that deer's looking at me. I'm not going to be able to tell that. Which he was. Which he was. So I said, okay, the, the distinguishing factor on this deer is his brow tine on his left antler is a lot longer than his brow tine on his right. Double the size. Mm-hmm. Can't can't miss it. I can 
I, I can't tell you the the any he like doesn't have a a weird claw or anything like that else in his, in his antler that was distinctive. But I could tell you, okay, if I can look at his brow tines from the front, back, or side, I can 100% tell if this is the deer from just his brow tines. So that's in my head when when I was going over with Ashton and, and Lance of saying, okay, that's that's my distinguishing feature of this deer. And then the next question I asked, are there any other target deer on this? And they gave me the uh, no. No. Nope. Nothing else. Ahead. Nothing else that we've seen here. But then they give you the hey, anything can move in at any time speech. Um, and then my next question was, are there any deer in here that I'm not supposed to shoot if I see them? And they said, nope. You'll. There are a lot of young deer in there, but there's nothing tweener that you'll see that not to do. So okay. So then you go back and and we're staying in their moose cabin. So all three of us has a different room and a and a bathroom for all of us. Actually, this is where we're recording right now. It's pretty nice. Um, breakfast for us was five 30 in the morning. So mm-hmm. you'll roll over there. Um, departure was six 30. So you roll over at five 30. Chef Craig will have a light, light breakfast of, I don't know, bacon, eggs, pancakes would just pounding out a good 1500 calories. Yeah, fresh fruit. 100%. Um, you need it. You need it too. Yeah. Oh boy. You need it. Yeah, fresh fruit, whatever, whatever you want. Yogurt, I mean, whatever you want. So you knock out the breakfast, um, come back. The guys will start getting the the UTVs warmed up, and I mean, this is for me. Like they just leave their cars and stuff running. They just all leave night. them going. Just, just let them leave so, them on. So cold, so they just leave that stuff running. Like to, yesterday when I went with Lance to pick you guys up at night, he started the quad here, and then he just left it on the back of the trailer. He did. He did this morning too. <laughs> he just left it on the back of the trailer, and it was on for forty minutes till he got there. And yep. He goes, "I need to make sure that's running and not not try to start it when I get there because sometimes it gets so cold and it locks up and you go won't start. So I just leave it on the whole time." All right, so they'll get that. They'll get the bait and everything loaded up. First day, you're going to have your chairs, your heaters, um, cushions for the blind chairs, all that stuff they're going to get in there. They'll drop you off in the in the blind, and then what they do is they go in and rebate the alfalfa and peas or whatever else they're using on that on that bait. And what they do is they, they turn the lights around so you can see exactly where the bait's at that first morning so you don't have any questions. But while you're getting all your stuff set, one of the things that they like to do is they'll leave their ranger or quad or whatever it is. They'll leave it running for your background noise of setting up your chair, getting your tripod yep. out that you're going, like all the noise of unzipping the bag, getting my lunch out, like all starting the heater, all that kind of stuff that you're sitting there and making a noise that a deer's not used to in the woods. But here in Saskatchewan, the deer are used to the rangers running because that's, that's the food bell. And yep. As you guys have seen in the woods, there's not a lot of food. Not right now. There's not, not at all. There's not a lot of food. So there's over a foot of snow on the ground right now. So one of the thing, and there's no there's no egg fields up no. here. So one of the things that that I know we didn't mention this earlier, but Lance and Ashton do is that like the deer season ends that first week of December, they'll feed the deer through the end of January in the areas just to give them more because you're trying to get these deer like the bucks when the rut's over they got to have food they're hoping they they come back and they get that food and can maintain all the way all the way through um now not very many people do that but they do it in in the zone that they have just to help the deer herd here um anyway so they all you'll get all set situated in the blind they'll take off um if you have a little bit of signal and can send a text you got your phone with you don't let that thing go dead because then if you need them for anything, you'll call or text them. If you're in an area to where the phone doesn't work, you'll get on the radio system. And, they'll give you a charge yeah, radio. They'll give you a charge yep. radio, and, the, and the, the guides will stay close enough that they can get that radio any, any mm-hmm. part of the day. It's amazing how far those radios. It really is. Those. And they all go right back to the main lodge, right, don't they? Yep, and right Craig's back. either here or Emily's here or Ashton yep. or Lance get it in the trucks. You know? Yep. So that's how you get a hold of the guys, and then from – They'll take off from there, and then then it's just just deer hunting. 
and you're just in the in the blind. They give you a give you a pee bottle. Like don't leave the blind. Don't mess with the don't zipper. Don't get out of the blind. Don't get Nothing. out. Of, yep. Don't don't do any noise. That yeah, you gotta get a sandwich bag open. Okay, we'll we'll do that. But don't unzip the zipper. Don't be walking around outside. Don't be doing anything like that because you, as they said, the deer here can come any part of the day. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be just because you say it's 10:30 and there's not going to be any deer movement, don't be unzipping to get outside the blind and and go to the bathroom or anything like that. Like well, stay stay in the blind. It's so thick too, like I mean that deer could I mean literally you you have your shooting lane and that deer can be on you in a half a second, and, it, yes. you know. I yep. mean it just literally like tonight. Yeah. Where you're like, "Okay, wham, the deer's there." And you're like, "Oh my god. Where would it come from?" Well, how long have, has it been there? Yeah, yeah. And, you, and we have one shooting lane too. You right, know what I mean? right. It's just towards the bait, and which is kind of nice because you know that deer knows that that bait is there. That's where he's going to go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and if he doesn't slip in right then, he's probably going to circle back. You're going to see him again. It's not yep. like don't get in too much of a rush. You know what I mean? And that's I think Lance said that during his during his. Uh, intro speech of yes don't don't rush if you get a you get a shot and you see a flash and you think that's it don't don't do that because that deer is going to come back there's no reason for him not to come back in here yep there's nobody pushing them there's nobody doing any of that so that deer will be back don't don't rush that decision a couple things you know for me anyway anybody listening that wants to do this hunt something to like to have you know some things to have in the blind Good boots. Oh yeah, you need 100%. good boots. You need good layers. And by and by good boots, he means warm boots. Warm boots. Warm yeah, boots. like I used a pair of Lance's boots today, um, and they have like inserts, and they were just night and day difference to my boots. I thought my boots were good, and it's night and day difference. So get good boots, good layers. Um, you because you, you you'll have a heater, but like you, you don't. We didn't run the heater every day all day yeah you know what i mean like you and i had some issues mark you and i had some issues mm-hmm. like well, we might get stuck you we know? didn't really run it that much at all today honestly no no hand warmers are another thing yeah foot warmers and honestly you know maybe download some some movies to your phone because it will get to be a long day and you it's know? and it's cold enough that you can't read a book no. yes you so don't like, want your hands no, out there so like I, like i brought i brought a couple books to read and it's the same thing i realized last time it's too cold for me to read a book because I got to leave my hands in the mittens, and I'm like, how do I change the page? Yep. What do I? I can't. Yep. You can't can't do it. So you're like, okay, but I can watch a movie. Yeah. And there's Wi-Fi at the lodge here, so like my phone has been on airplane mode for like six days. But what I'll do is I've got a Netflix account, and Netflix will allow you to download movies to your phone, so you can watch them without service. Yep. So I'll download movies to my phone, bring a set of headphones. By the dozen. Yeah, oh God, I've watched a lot of movies. Zone into a movie. Put watch some movies, movies down. Yeah. But I mean. You got ten hours. Like it's you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do something. Don't go crazy because that's when you start making bad decisions. Like make your time in the yep. blind enjoyable. Yep, hundred percent enjoyable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's get into the day that you killed Mark. So yep. um, we saw a lot of 
Well, let's talk about the first day and the deer movement we saw compared to the second yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So the first day, the deer movement in total was down. When we see two does and two bucks all yeah, day, right? It was, it was a slow day. But it was 25 to 30 mile an hour winds. Yep. And but that was also the the cold snap day. Like that was day one. Like looking at the forecast coming here, I'm like, holy smokes, we're gonna kill on day one. So we had 25 degree temperature drop. Like deer are gonna be on their feet. They're gonna be eating. They're gonna be moving. And it was a complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And all we can say is the wind must have had them to where they were hunkered down. Hunkered down that day. Yep. So so that I mean that's you don't expect to see many deer up here because the deer density is low. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a low movement day. Day two, we hopped off there. Wind was different. Um, there we had seen six does at the same time on the on the alfalfa. Right off the bat, Right too. off the bat, just a bunch. And then we saw the same two bucks that we had seen from the day before, but the does were there just about all day. And that small six, we had a small six point. I mean, he locked in in front of us for an hour and a half. Yep. He just, but not chasing. The bucks weren't chasing. And that was Monday. Mm-hmm. So bucks weren't chasing. And we were coming into a full moon, too. Yep, and so. coming into a full moon, so a lot going on. And it was just one of those almost settling down, thinking about getting stuff ready, waiting for Lance to, to drive in. And you're always doing the countdown, and they do a great job here of, of telling you each day of, of when shooting ends. So you're always tracking that, and it was the deer had to show up behind with about eight minutes left because yep. I, I caught leg movement. And I was like, deer back, and you could tell instantly that it was a what well, looked like a horse. I thought there was a horse back there to start Different with. Different deer. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a horse back yep. there, but then I realized it wasn't a horse. It was actually a deer, and it started to show itself, but it came walking straight in. Mm-hmm. Um, straight in, and you're like, holy smokes, that's a buck. It's a big buck. Mature buck. It's a mature buck. A big buck. Can't tell what it is because it just comes in and instantly puts its head down. And, yeah, we've got at this point, we've got about – seven minutes left of light or legal shooting, not of light of legal shooting. And you're like, okay, it's starting to fade a little bit. And that, that deer had its head down eating. And I'm like, man, Aaron, I think that's the deer. I can't tell if it's the deer. I'm going to wait till it lifts its head up. The instant that deer lifted its head up because I put the, in my head, I said, left brow is taller than the right. And the Mm -hmm. second that deer lifted its head up, I was like, Aaron, this is the deer. Because I instantly saw the, the left brow tine was twice as long as the right brow tine, 10 pointer, like, chest three feet wide it looked like on this thing so so big and like that's the deer and he's eating right at us i think you'll you're here in the video and release it i'm gonna wait till he turns broadside um and as soon as i said that i said well wait a second that six point sat there and looked at us and ate for an hour without moving never moved (laughs) and turned broadside and i'm like actually because I know at this point now, I, I think when I sent the text that I shot, there was five minutes left of, of legal shooting when I when I messaged Lance and I messaged, messaged you, Kevin. Um, I sat there, and you know, it wasn't that long. I said, no, I'm actually going to shoot him straight on because I'm not going to. But he did open up a little bit for he, you. Yeah, he did. He, yep. op- he opened up, and I had to wait for, wait for his head to lift up. But just as you get so close to that legal shooting light, and you just don't like – I felt confident because I'm shooting the Gunwork 7LRM. It, it, yep. it lays a wall up. It's a 100-yard shot. I'm steady on on the tripod. Like, it's – I can make that shot and just, just put it right. And it was angled slightly, so I'm like, I'm going to put it right in front of the left shoulder, and it's going to go right through the left shoulder and out the absolute ham and just absolutely crush it, and that's what happened. Yeah. He ran, like, 28 yards. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it was one of those, like – 
I, I, I you always love to see him get broadside and hit him how you're supposed to, but it was just one of those. I felt 100% confident that I'm going to make that shot. And the last thing I want to do is let it get another four minutes and be right at legal shooting to where there are any questions like that. I'm like, no, I'm going to just do it. And then it's one of those of, man, like I know I hit it good. Aaron watched the replay and said you just smoked him, just just crushed him. And I'm like, man, I'll go out there and look at them while they're still a little bit light, but i got to wait for Aaron to get 39 cameras packed up. My hands were cold. changed his lens, and all of a sudden we're waiting for 15, 20 minutes. Kevin went through it today, and he was about to give me the finger. I'll be honest with you. I seen it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just like, what are we doing here? All right, let's go. How many times did I tell you, Kevin, wait, you got to come back here. Wait, 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 come back here. It was bad. He I've, wanted to go look, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get something natu- to produce here. Get the natural first first reaction. Yeah. And Aaron's like, I'm just gonna change these lenses, get some new hand warmers out, oh, stretch. Found out another half of I'm a movie. A, I'm gonna <laughs> finish my movie real quick. Now, all right, now we're good. Are you? He hits you with, Are you ready to go look? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh no, you were waiting <laughs> on me. Yeah. I didn't even, uh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. I'm cold just from waiting outside. It's a tough then, life. Then, uh, and then we walked over there and just. I didn't see any blood, which I like naturally. Then all of a sudden, you're like, what just happened? But the it's one of those things. Until you see it with your own eyes, the deer are so big, and the hair on them this time of year so is much fat too. So, so long, yeah, the so fat, much fat is crazy. And I just started looking with my headlamp, and then he was laying right there. Yeah. You know, like and then you get the old excited, holy smokes! I'm a high step over to this deer real quick just to see what's going on. I- and you like you just shine up on him, and that's when you realize how big he is, just body wise, antler wise, so big. much mass. It's like, oh, wow! This is the this is the first time I walked up on a Saskatchewan whitetail. First thing I said is, I'm like, holy explicit! His head is huge, like his head yeah. was like a cat, like a cow head. Yeah, you know, just just big chest, literally three foot wide. I couldn't get over his hind legs. It literally looked like a horse laying there. Yeah. You're like, yeah, just, it's so big. And then you're, because it always is so thrown off on the antlers when they walk in because their bodies are so big. So Mm -hmm. the antlers never look as big as what they actually are when you walk up on them. And this was one that I think you kept kept saying, there's no shrinkage on this one. There's no shrinkage on this one. It's a big one. I got (laughs) to go back to the, you wanted to make sure it was the right deer. Uh Thing is 21 inches wide. I mean, yeah, he's wide. Inside. He was in, 20 inches wide, 20 and an eighth in, inches wide inside. On the inside. I mean, that's just, that's not even common up here. I mean, but still, it was a big body deer. Like No, he, and, and he yeah. came in head yeah, on. I mean, straight on. Like, I, like listen, I don't want to be the guy listen, that Listen, I messes. grinded out for five days, and you're going to come at me with that? I didn't want to be the guy that, <laughs> that shot the 21 inch wide four point. Yeah. Uh, it was a great deer. He scored 147. Yeah, unofficial. We gross scored him at one forty seven. One forty seven and some change, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that's the deer you come to Saskatchewan for. Yeah. Seven and a half as a minimum, most likely eight and a half years old. Dark chocolate rack, just a horse of a body. Like that's that's what you come to Saskatchewan for. Like, yeah, yeah. I would have loved to shoot a hundred ninety inch deer. Everybody would love to shoot a hundred ninety inch deer, but I'm never going to pass that deer up. No, ever. you can't. I can, can't. I can say it right now. I've shot a lot of deer in my lifetime. I'm never passing that deer yeah, up ever. You can't ever. Another thing I just thought of, too, things to bring is shooting sticks. Like a good shooting That's sticks a good, or a good tripod. Yep. So I, I brought a uh, – and Kevin and I brought different ones, but I brought a, uh, a big tripod, three-leg tripod um, with one of the saddles on it. So yep. I could just clamp my gun clamp in it there, in. and it was right in front of me the whole time, um, ready to go. Uh, Kevin brought the um, Caldwell 
that you can just set your gun in there too, and it's got the tripod legs at the bottom. And again, you can just leave it sit there. Yeah, it just sits right there, and, and you can keep your hands in your pouch or which whatever. Which is key. Oh, it's so important. Because then it's not every time there's a deer coming, I'm going to grab my gun from the corner and get it up and ready. You're not doing that movement. It's just, it's right there. And and the shots are anywhere from 80 yards to 140 yards. Mm -hmm. Somewhere somewhere in that distance is going to be your shot. So you want to be steady. And one thing, you've been sitting for a long period of time, so you're cold. Right, right. And, like, the biggest for me is I had so many coats on. It's like, well, I never practiced to where the butt of my gun is actually three inches away from where it normally is when I shoot. So you're like, oh, I got to get on that. Thing. Really got to get on it. Mm-hmm. Get on yeah. it a little bit more. But no, a tripod, that's that's definitely a must. Well, I mean, yeah. it's just, it wouldn't be, you. I mean, it would be a tough shot, honestly, sitting that long with the conditions and truthfully shooting freehand. You know, because in the That'd tent. That'd be we, tough. Well, I mean, the tents we were in, I mean, there was nothing there that you could set your, you know, the barrel of the gun on or whatever. Yeah. To, you know, to steady down, I mean, it would be a free-handed shot. Yeah, yeah. a free-hand would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point. Um, what else What else would be on your guys' list for someone to bring? Yeah, the hand warmers and feet warmers. Just the number one number one thing, at least for me, if my feet get cold, it's, a, it's miserable done. from there out. But if yeah. I can keep my feet warm, even more so than my hands, the rest I can manage no matter how cold it is. But my feet are the first to go, and if they go, it's, it's all over. So – Hand warmers, feet warmers. Um, they've got everything food-wise here that you'd possibly want. A good headlamp for going in and out. Good headlamp tripod, would be nice. Um, good optics. And not, yeah. not so much. I, I had binos with me, and I have to admit, I put my binos away because I couldn't wear them. Um, and I found it easier just with how I had my gun situated that if there was a deer in there, I'd just use my scope because it was right in front of me. And truthfully, I could leave my mittens on. That's just how I roll. Yep. But the good optics on top of my rifle, um, because you're constantly breathing in it, mm-hmm. and it's so cold, and you're bringing it in and out at night, like you don't want it to fog up. So you got to have good optics on your gun. Yep. Kevin was using optics, but he would free, like put them right on his tripod, put them on grab the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and it's just the same thing. You know, you got a coat that makes you look like the we Michelin look like man. Michelin yeah. men. Yeah. You know. You know. So you you can't add anything more. You know, so well, that, first of all, I don't think my bino strap would fit over the coat like that. No, so I, I really could barely zip so. up my vest, and yeah. it would re- like the vest, my orange vest, and that's another one you should bring. Is you gotta wear vest orange, and hat, and vest a hat. and hat. So my vest would literally, as I sit there, roll up to like a bra. Yep, because I had so many layers on it, it would just roll yep. up throughout the day. Oh, another thing, neck gator is neck always, gator is, is, is key. Must. Yes, gotta have just as important as boots. A neck gator, you gotta have it. Oh man, I was literally could just hide in that thing yeah no yep. that's a good one they'll and they'll have nice chairs for you don't worry about any of that no. um but yeah as comfortable as you can make it uh, is the best well, um, i mean the big thing you just have to i mean you have to stay warm this like, is this is a good one to say it's not a fashion statement no right. like nope. there, there are a lot of people that will go to a hunting camp and try to make it look like a fashion statement because i got the newest camo i got the greatest boots Listen up here. You do that, you could freeze to death. Yeah, you okay. Will. Mess you, around and freeze. You want to you want to make sure that you come into this with the number one goal of I'm gonna stay warm and comfortable, knowing yep. that you could sit for a week in a blind. And your mental state will be way better. And then all too. of a sudden it goes it goes yeah. by smooth. But if you're cold the first hour into the hunt, like that's when people make not not mis- like not mistakes. Yeah, they're not gonna hunt for the deer they probably should have. Yeah, it might be day three and be like, oh, there's a nice three year old right there. Wait, wait. Slap him. But yep. you do see it where 
people are like, okay, well, it's a negative 10. It's 830. That's a pretty good deer. Yep. Tweener deer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I shot him. I thought it was, well, I knew it was the wrong deer, but come get me because it's pretty cold out here. I can't feel my feet. Yeah. And they'll have all the heaters and propane for you. Um, what else? And heater body suit if you yep, want a heater, heater body, body suit. If you want. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty dialed up here. It's yeah. it's basically show up. They want you to have a good time. They want you to be comfortable. But boots and gear, spend some money on them. Yep. Right. You yep. got to. I mean, you're coming on a, a once – could be once-in-a-lifetime hunt for a lot of guys or yeah. gals. Spend the money to, to be comfortable. Yep. So, yep, 100%. Kevin, let's get into yours a little bit. We got about eight minutes here. Okay. Let's get into your hunt a little bit. You grind it out for 178 minutes or hours, I mean. Um, yeah, they let me uh, hunt the full the full term. You got your money. <laughs> the full term. Yeah. Yeah. You got your money's worth. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, um, really Aaron, he joined me. It would have been the third day yep. um, after Mark uh, harvested his deer. Um, and it was just, we were tied up in deer pretty much, you know, a lot of the same deer, but they were in and out most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were, we were sitting on a, um, nine point split brow time buck. That was, um, as Mark said, it was real regular and, you know, we just had a, two shooters there and we never could get one in front of us. And, um, he was there really after we'd leave at night. Yeah, you know, every every night he was, he was second. Target buck was there four out of the lot. five nights. Yeah, I think he might have been there every night. No, he might have been there. So the night. nine pointer is we figure he's probably pushing one forty. Mm-hmm. I think he and was high thirties, maybe yeah. low forties. The second deer was probably right around that one thirty mark, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good eight pointers, mass like crazy. Just old deer. Yep. Yeah, just that's that's a tough part is you come in and you know you shoot a an eight point, you know any deer, anything that's you know, in the twenties, thirties, or whatever it is, as an eight point, like it's that's a big just, eight pointer. Yeah, but I mean, it's a five year old, you know, five and a half, six year old deer, and it's like, holy cow! Well, it's mean, actually, we should back this up because this is the second year that Kevin hunted. Talk about your hunt last year because there's going to be okay. short. So yeah, I got the VIP treatment last yeah. year. <laughs> Roll in, um, literally. I think I seen like eight different bucks. Shot the first night. Got to go tear down with Henry and Ashton. And what was your deer last year? What, it, what that was score? that was a nine point, and that was one forty eight and some change. And you shot that point. six hours into the into the hunt. I think it was like five and a half. Yeah, but nobody's counting. No, nobody's counting. So as karma always work, works its <laughs> way around, Kevin was rolling in today, and then they gave the whole, "Hey man, both these deer have been pretty regular in there. You should probably be done in the first day." Karma got them right till the end. Yeah. Well, there was, I don't know what it, what You're got 55 me. 55 hours into this hunt. But something got me. My face is redder than red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, uh, although, I mean, it was, like, truthfully, though, like, we, we did, we, gr- you know, it was a grind, but that's what we came here for. Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Yeah. You know, we locked it in for five days, made it happen on a great deer. Midday, old, too. Midday, my first midday deer. Oh. Um, and just... You know, I couldn't be happier with the deer we got, and, you know, would I do it again? I would. Well, and it's pretty crazy, too. Like, we, we the first two days we were here, no rut activity. You no. know, there, there was no rut activity, hardly at all. Then the third day, <laughs> I jump in with you, 
and we did see a couple little bucks starting to nudge a little bit. Right. And then yesterday we had the fight, and then we had two other bucks like really dog and doe. So yep. like I mean, within twenty four to forty eight hours, the the switch flipped, and I think the rut is starting to really kick in. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, in you know when we had our meeting, Lance kept talking. You know it's it's close, it's close. And then you're like, okay, well that's good. Then you watch it, and literally twenty four hours, you're like, oh my god. It's here. It, it's, it's here. It's, it's, it's going on right now. It yeah. started. And then, you know, you go into today and watch the same thing where those would literally come in and we would be watching them and they would just literally take off. And you're like, what in the world? Every mm-hmm. doe that we saw today was yeah, just like somebody edge. is behind me. Like, yep. Yep. oh, my gosh, you yep. know. And, and, I mean, truthfully, before we shot the deer we did, I mean, one of them does, he was there, you know. Yeah. And she was there, and he come right out, and, you know, she took right off. And do I think if we wouldn't have shot as quick as we did that he would have ran with her? I do. Yeah. He was just getting a little nibble. Just getting a – You know, he yeah. probably hasn't ate in a couple days yeah. maybe. Getting a little nibble, then he's going to go get another yeah. little nibble. See? <laughs> he was definitely looking for double the nibble. nibble. Yeah, the double nibble. Double nibble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but he was definitely on that doe, because how long ago was that doe standing in front of us? Well, I mean, she was there for, it had to be at least a half hour. Maybe, at maybe, least. Maybe 45 By minutes. herself, and we were like, and you got to see, you know, on each side of the shooting lane, it's hard for us to see at a good distance. Right. So we really think this deer well, was I, just kind of flanking her, mm-hmm. letting her do her thing. But he was there. But he was there, and we couldn't see her, and all of a sudden, I look up, I'm like, oh, good deer. Then Kevin looks up and goes... Yep, shooter. <laughs> and it yeah. would just like happen that quick. Well, literally before right before he showed up, I'm like, how weird is it that this one doe is all by herself like so weird. An adult yeah. doe in the And then rut. Aaron even said he's like, that is like so weird. And then couldn't have been a couple minutes and we're like, okay, well it, we're well, doing okay. it now. Yeah, we're doing it, it it's now. Here. We're here. <laughs> we're in it. Yeah. It's crazy. Great deer, dude. Congratulations on that too. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. So, and you guys will be able to see that uh, episode on the WTA YouTube channel eventually as well with yep. Kevin's episode. And Mark's will be on, um, actually, you'll see Mark's, this will drop the day before Mark's drops. So when you are listening to this, if you're listening to the day this podcast drops, Mark's episode will drop tomorrow, Wednesday night. So be looking for that. Because Aaron's going to get home and turn and burn these. Yeah, we got a lot of work ahead of me. Now, so, and, here's, yeah. and here's the cool thing, too, as, as we wrap this up. Aaron's coming up here next year to hunt. Yep. And you've got your some of your family coming with yep. you. Yep. That that's gonna be a heck of a trip with you guys. I, up and there. I'm glad I got to come and experience this because we've been talking about you guys have been razzing me about I want to hunt with a bow, but man, the difficulty with a bow there and the is temps it, and these temps. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. Kevin asked me today in the blind, like, do you actually think you could pull your bow back? And I'm like, no, not with this jacket on. It would have to be a heater body suit. Mm-hmm. Like Mark brought you brought it up. You're like you'd have to have a heater body suit and just and have like a roll it out like yep, Batman as, yep, you, or as yep. Superman as you come out of that thing. Exactly. Well, and you think too, like with you know, with a gun, we're between you know eighty to one hundred thirty, one hundred forty mm-hmm. yards or whatever. You, you know, now you're you've got to do it at thirty. One, well, yeah, and, and it's like. Or even possibly in a tree stand, possibly. Or, and or, I think that's where you're going to be is a tree stand. I mean, I'm going to pay Ashton to put you in a tree stand. <laughs> and, and you know, I think that's full experience. Yep. I, you know, and I, I do agree with you. Like, you know, 
it'd be an Iron Man hunt for sure, but it's like one of those once-in-a-lifetime deals. Do it. Mm-hmm. Grind it out. It's going to be a pain in the ass. It is going to be a bitch of a hunt, but I think it'd be cool. At the end of it, though, you'll be happy. Uh, Aaron's luck, it's going to be... 48 degrees i know just <laughs> just just out perfect here in, no no snow it's yeah. been november yeah. bucks chasing all over yeah. no i i just jinxed myself not gonna wood there but but he is it, but it is good to learn if you're coming here with a bow like the other bow hunter that was out at outpost that shot tonight oh he did shoot tonight he did shoot tonight yep, okay he shot tonight um but he knew from rifle hunting last year of what he had to do different okay this year and i think yeah. he let henry know that he didn't want to hunt from a tree stand Similar to you, let yep. Nash know you didn't want to hunt from a tree stand when it's minus 10. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so I'm going to be 30 yards away, so I can't leave my propane heaters running the whole time. Right. I have to be in a body suit. I have to have everything sitting. Like, you're going to have to bring your bow stand to have it sitting on yep. the ground right there next to you. And, man, with two guys in a blind, it's just going to be tight. somebody's going to have to film it. It's going to be tight to raise. Like, think about how you're going to have your bow set. You're going to have your arrow on there already. You're going to have to be able to pick that thing up. Yep. Get it through the window. But, you know, there's going to be mesh, and it's going to be a lot of. Well, you're, I mean, you'd have to set it up somehow. I mean, being a shooter with a compound, you would have to be in the back of the blind. Yeah. You'd think. You know, I mean, which would be. Well, you'll have your you know the, the camera guy will be right next to you. Yep. Like it's it's one of those to where it's like right here I'm in the back, but my camera guy is the actual level literally right next to right you. next to you. That's yeah. how I've yeah. done my archery stuff out of a blind. And it's weird because <clears throat> as you do it, your camera guy is actually ahead of you. Mm-hmm. By the time you go like this, and the camera guy's like a foot to your left, but he's actually like right out the mm-hmm. window, and you're right here. Yep. Oh. Well, and that's why I wanted to do this podcast too, because my father-in-law he's going to be coming up here, and then my uncle and then they're bringing another guy with them and they don't know what they're getting into they've never done a hunt are they like going this. archery hunting too or rifle? no it'll be rifle oh, for them good for them but <laughs> <laughs> but you know i want them and guys like them to know what they're supposed to be getting into and what to bring like what's the checklist like what do i need like it's totally different hunting yeah. than anywhere if you're coming from the states it's different yeah you know you gotta you gotta dress different you gotta mm-hmm. You know, the camel that I was wearing or the suit I was wearing, I don't ever wear that in the States, hardly. No. You know? Well, first of all, you can't walk anywhere. You sweat today. Exactly. Yeah. In the boots. Like, the boots is like, I know it's they're probably $300, $400 boots for maybe a one-time deal, but, like, you got to have You're going to ruin your whole hunt if you get, if your exactly. feet get cold, you're not going to be able to make it. And then yeah. just the six grand on the hunt's going to be out the door. So yeah. don't worry about the, the boot cost. Well, and, Kevin, you were wearing knee-high rubbers, mm-hmm. and what did you think about those? Um, I mean, I, I mean, that's what I wore last year too. Um, I mean, my feet were cold, but, um, for me, that's, I mean, they were okay. I mean, you okay. also hunted five hours last year. Yeah. Do I think a guy like Aaron could survive just with no, high rubbers? No, he can't. I don't. No. Well, and I brought, I have, uh, a thousand gram lacrosse. Um, I don't even know what boots they are. Lace-ups. I thought those were going to be enough and they worked, but I had heat for most of the day too yeah. yeah and then but when i put lance's alaskan boots on i'm like man these are the wow like well, i didn't need heat right. like those boots just kept my feet warm well yeah. the game changer obviously for me was you have the the, the heater uh, yeah and yeah. you put that on your feet and yep. you know that's literally you know the only issue i had i mean you layer every i mean you have to layer yeah and you have to get a good pair of gloves Yep, that's another the one. Gloves are, I like the mittens with the gloves inside. Yep. If I redid it, I would 100% bring my mittens next yep. time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, good deal. Anything to add, you guys? No. I mean, just one of those things I love hunting up here just because it's so different. You know, yeah. Like, everybody asks of, of all the slams and, and the deer slam now that you're in it. Like, what do you – why do you do it? What do you see? And I'm just like, well, the 31 deer on the deer slam, and I know I'm going to go to 30 different locations. Mm-hmm. All 30 locations are going to be different. Yep. Temperature-wise, how it's how the, the how it's hunted, the guides, uh, the deer activity, just their movements, how you hunt them, the deer densities, what they eat, like weapons to choice, every, like all that stuff. Everything, yeah. We'll we'll use every weapon that's that's available. Like, and that's no different than up here. Deer density is different. How you hunt them is different. The age classes that you're hunting is different. Like when I was hunting down in Veracruz, there's no age class. Yeah, there are hardly any bucks down there. You're so just you're, looking you, for a horned. You're deer. looking for a horned deer. <laughs> And, and, and like anything with an antler, I mean, that's a spike, anything with an antler, but down there, the buck I shot probably had 550 ticks on it. Really? So you're fighting something completely different down South than you're fighting up here. Yes. These deer have to go through harsh winters. Those deer down there have ticks on them from the moment that they're born. So they just have diseases. That's the reason Ooh. they don't make it very old because they Dude, literally have so many so ticks. gross <laughs> listen when i grabbed that thing from underneath the chin to take a picture i had 30 ticks on my hand that i could feel that were biting underneath that deer's chin it was and i'm like how did this deer even make it this long that's unbelievable it's, but like wow. that it's stuff like that that for me like i love learning i love experience i love new experiences that's why this thing's been so great getting rolling all the other ones have yep so six down we got 25 more to go a lot more to go yep Good deal. Kevin, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you, everyone out there, for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.